the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. The word of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 6, beginning of verse number 1. It reads like this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hands a live coal, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. And also I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I say it, here am I, send me. Father, we need you on this morning that you might speak clearly in the midst of these, your people, that your word might penetrate our hearts and all of the barriers that we've put up to keep us from hearing from you and being obedient to your will. Father, I pray that this word today might draw someone out of the darkness and into the marvelous light that they might come to a relationship with you that imparts unto them salvation through the grace of God that has made it available. I pray, God, that this word on today would call someone who's drifted in their fellowship to renew their broken fellowship. It's my prayer, Heavenly Father, that you would use me as a vessel, an instrument of clay to speak your word as the very oracle of God. Someone needs to hear from you. Their life, their eternity is depending on it. And so, God, even now, I'm praying in advance that you would have your way in all that is done and all that is said. I pray you'd bind up every spirit, every distraction that would hinder us from hearing from you on this day. And God, when we've heard your word, let us respond just like Isaiah and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. 
Father, in your way, have your will and let your way be accomplished in all that is done and said. And we'll give your name all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, In this particular passage, Isaiah has an encounter with God uh, that at a a critical time in his life. Um, It's about 739 B.C. when his cousin, who was king of Israel at the time, dies in a dark time of Israel's history. It's a time when Israel had been through so much and they had had all these bad kings and uh, in fact Uzziah was a good king but he actually overstepped his boundaries of kingship and he acted like a priest and as a result he got leprosy and the leprosy is what cost him his life and so for Isaiah his cousin the king Uzziah was an important person in his life and In the losing of Uzziah, Isaiah is at a place of crises. Probably a lot like some of us who have lost a critical and key person in our life. That matriarch, that patriarch of the family, a mother, a father, an uncle, a cousin, somebody. Kind of who everybody kind of looked to to hold things together. and, And their absence created a sense of despair and their absence created a a void that caused the future to be uncertain. And some are wrestling with that grief even today, not just here, but throughout our country, people are wrestling with this the grief of loss and the instability of the future. In fact, we've taken out our frustrations of, of that on politicians and We've caused politicians to believe that they're responsible for uh, the sense of despair that we're in. And it's their fault that we don't have stability in our economic situations and in our emotional situations. But can I just drop this in on you? I just believe that as a result of what we've been through as a nation over the last two and a half years, there's a, a mass grieving that's taking place. There's a mass... Uh, I'll say over these last couple of years, God has removed some Uzziahs out of our place. And we're unstable. And we're wondering what is going to happen? What, how, how are we going to move on? What's the future going to look like? And, and so we, we've turned to all different places to, uh, how do I say, try to acquire someone or something that would take the place of what was removed. So in that process of time, we, we get in kind of a sense of panic and we don't know what else to do. And for some, it has driven us to the house of the Lord. For some, it's driven you. You haven't quite got to the house yet, but at least you tuned in online. So you tuned in online, but God has pushed you through the series of events into a place just like Isaiah is in in this text. And so I want to talk to you on this morning from this idea. Are you willing to go? Not not your mother, not your father, but you. Not your sister, not your brother, but you. Not the pastor, not the preacher, but you. Are you willing to go? 
As I examine this text, there is something that is of the utmost importance that brings Isaiah to respond the way he does and brings Isaiah to the full circle of his his calling and getting it and accepting it. And the thing that happens here, it's found in the first few verses. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. That's the first thing that I want to look at there. He saw the Lord. Now, Pastor, what do you mean by that? He saw the Lord. Um, He saw the Lord in a way that he hadn't seen him before. I believe that there are many of us, we've seen the Lord, but we haven't seen him in the way he wants us to see him. And the reason why we haven't seen him in the way he wants us to see him is because Uzziah was in the place or in the way of our seeing him. Stay here with me. The text says it's in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Now, it's important for you to get this, that it's in that year that that Isaiah finally is able to see the Lord. It's not that he didn't know the Lord. He knew the Lord. But it's the, it's the first time contextually that he's able to see the Lord. He said in that year when King Uzziah died, it's in the year that my idol, that my cousin, that my, 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 my hope for tomorrow, the one who was my stability was removed from my life. It was then that I realized that, I, that Uzziah wasn't my God. It was then that I realized that mama wasn't my God, that auntie wasn't my God, that uncle wasn't my God. It was in that year that God removed my idol. It was in that year that the person who I put in the place of preeminence, I realized they were not preeminent. Y'all still here with me? Can we just be for real, for real? There's some folk in our lives that we love them. I mean, if they, if they were to leave today, we would lose our mind. It's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Because we put so much value in them. And don't get me wrong. You need to love mama and daddy and all these important people in your life. You need to do that. But you can't put them above God lest you don't see God. And listen, as, as hurtful as this is and can be, the reality is, When God removes that person, if we haven't seen God for who he was, if we, how do I say, um, then, then it's at that moment that we'll finally get to see God. But it's so painful because sometimes we still won't see God and we'll blame God. Y'all catching this? God, why did you take my mother away? Why did you let them die? Why why did you let my pastor die? Why did you let my my auntie, my uncle? They were were faithful, Lord. And maybe it was because because they were in the way of you seeing him. Okay. So, So it's in that year. It's in the year that King Uzziah dies that Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. Now, first of all, I believe that what Isaiah sees the Lord, he sees the Lord. He saw him in his superiority. Okay, he saw him in his position of superiority. He says, I, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. 
Lord, help me here. See, up until then, it was Uzziah sitting on the throne that, that, that Isaiah had seen. It was, it was, he felt stable. He felt secure because a good king, Uzziah, was sitting on the throne. But now he sees the Lord in a higher throne. He's not sitting on the throne of Israel in the land. No, he sees the Lord sitting on a throne that's high and lifted up. He sees the Lord on a throne that's higher than every other throne. He sees the Lord in a position that's higher than any auntie, any uncle, any mother, any father, any sister, any brother. He sees God in a position that he had never seen him before because mama, auntie, uncle, grandpa, whoever it was, they were blocking the view of God in your life. And now now Isaiah says, I saw him in his superiority. I see him higher than Uzziah. I see him on the throne. I see that the real king wasn't Uzziah. The real throne was in heaven, and I saw him sitting on a throne. He was high, and he was lifted up, and he was alive. He was a living God. I love that. Um, he, he, he was in that high lifted up vaulted position and, and watch this. And he was in the position of superiority. One who was really deserving of my respect and my adoration. He was sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And it wasn't until after the death of Uzziah that it struck Isaiah that there's a king that's higher than the king I worshipped. In that year, when he died, I saw him not only in his superiority, but I saw him in his royalty. It's right here in the text. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, that, this idea of the, the train of, of the robe is representative of the royalty of a king. In fact, it is said in some, situ- in some circumstances, the length of the, the, the train was representative of the, of the expanse of the kingdom. In other words, the longer the train, the bigger the kingdom. Lord, help me here. And Isaiah said, uh, it was in the year that <laughs> my idol, my, my cousin, my, my good king, my, my idol uh, was moved out of the way that I not only saw the Lord high and lifted up as the superior king, but I saw that the temple, watch this, was filled up with his train. In other words, the, the temple was a royal place because of the presence of the king. Lord, help me, God. Um, and, and how, how can I say this? So, you know, you, sometimes you go into places and um, you believe that the place is royal because of the, uh, the accessories, the acuments, the, uh, the, 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 you go into a church and you see crosses and you see uh, communion tables and you see, you know, all these stained glass windows. And, and, and for, for many in their mind's eye, that's what makes this a royal place, a holy place. No, but the reality of it is uh, it was in the year that King Uzziah died that, that Isaiah saw that it, what made the temple royal was the, the train of God that was in the 
temple. Lord, help me here. And, 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 and can I help somebody here? It, it's not the building or the, the uh, acoustics or the uh, acumens that you add to the building that make the place royal. It's the fact that you have a God who's high and lifted up and the royalty of him fills the place. And if, if his presence isn't in the place, the place is just another house. Can I help somebody right here? I, I know y'all, 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 y'all slow in getting it this morning, so, so I'm going to push you a little farther. What makes you of a royal priesthood is the fact that he dwells in you. You're not royal because you put a crown on your head or wrap yourself in some velvet cloth around your shoulders and, and walk with some golden slippers on. That's what's not, not what makes you royal. It's not the fact that the guard, the guards are all around you and they're following you up and down and they're blowing trumpets when you enter the door and exit the door. No. What makes you and I royal is the fact that he dwells inside of us and his, his train is all inside of me. Is filling up my temple because I am the temple of the living God. You are the temple of the living God. And his train is flowing all inside of you. Lord, help me, God. And so he says, I, I saw the train of his robe and it filled the temple. He saw him in his, um, in his royalty. He saw him in his superiority, but he also saw him in his deity. Stay here with me. It's it's right here in the text. Picks up verse number two says above it, that is above the throne. There were these angelic beings called seraphim. Each one of them had six wings and with two, they covered their face because he was so holy that they couldn't look upon him. And with two, they covered their feet because they could not land where he was because the ground on which he was covering was holy. Help me, Jesus. And then with the other's two wings, they flew because they were in the perpetual and eternal state of giving him glory. Lord, help me. No king gets this kind of glory. Even the kings of the world dismiss their help every now and then. Lord, help me, God. But, but this king um, is not just any king. Uh, his, his accompaniment of the angelic beings who are worshiping the only one they will ever give worship to identifies him as God. Lord, help me. And just in case you were wondering, it picks up and lets us know even further and in more depth. It says, and one of them cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. There, there's no other uh, entity. There's no other uh, spiritual being. There's no other that identifies with having the whole of all creation full of their glory, except it's be God. And so it points to the fact that when Isaiah finally saw the Lord, all of these uh, explanations of what he's looking upon are helping him to recognize who the Lord really is. He realizes that God is the one who is superior, that God is the one who is of royalty, and that God, that is, this Lord that he's looking upon is the real one who has deity and has his glory filling all the earth 
Now watch this. For one who has lost hope in what the world and in the earth shall have, now Isaiah has hope because he sees that the glory of God is in the earth. Stay here with me. As we look around us and we watch and we see economic things falling apart and people fighting and, and wars and rumors of wars and, and we can't afford gas and we can't afford food and we're mad about the interest rates and this is happening and that's happening and folks seem like they lost their mind and all the crazy stuff that's going on and I'm feeling like, oh my God. Just remember, stay here. The Lord's glory is all throughout the earth. That, that gives me hope that his glory feels the earth it gives us and it gave isaiah some sense of stability when he saw the lord y'all still here with me so isaiah saw the lord first of all but secondly isaiah saw himself because once you see the lord it's impossible for you to see yourself the same way that you did before then isaiah saw the lord in all of his superiority and all of his royalty and all of his deity and then he saw himself it's here in the text it says verse five so i said when i saw the lord woe is me for i am undone because i am a man of unclean lips translation i cuss woe is me i'm not finished yet I'm, 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 I've got bad language and I dwell in the midst of a people who are undone and who also have unclean lips who I'm, I cuss and everybody in my house cusses. <laughs> Listen, he says, I heard, I heard the voice of the Lord. It's, it's in verse number eight. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? I like that because this assignment is, is a, it's, it's optional. It's not, it's not presented as a demand of God. After God allows Isaiah to see him. And to see himself. Now that you've seen who I am. Now that you, you realize I'm God. And, and if I can add into that. It, now that you remember what I've done for you. And how I've blessed you. And how I've been with you. And how I've kept you and protected you. And provided for you. And sustained you. It wasn't Uzziah. It was me. I I was the one that was keeping Israel. I was the one who was protecting Israel. I was the one making the decisions that helped Israel to become the great and strong and powerful nation that they are. It was me who did that. And and now that you've seen me and now that you've seen yourself and I've prepared you, I've removed the excuses of your inadequacies. Who can we send? Who will go for us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Who, who, can, who, can we, who can we call upon who will serve the kingdom of God with us? Who can we send? And so Isaiah says, as a result of analyzing what he's 
seen and what he's heard and his own acknowledgments, Isaiah says, here am I. Send me. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.